Hi everyone, Tannis Hallowell is back with us by popular demand and we're going to be talking about something a little different today and it's something that almost sounds cliche which is the age of Aquarius but not in the classic sense. The reality is the last age that we were in that we're now trying to emerge from which has to do with patriarchal laws and control wasn't supposed to be that way at all. In fact, it was supposed to be an age of love and it, all of that other stuff carried over from the Aryan age prior to that. We do not want to drag that forward into this incredible opportunity of expansion, of communal learning, living and growth. We don't want those ha old habits and ways of being to haunt us as we're now entering this profound new age. And Tannis has been not only thinking about this a lot, she's been working for the last 20 years on how we begin to unload that old baggage. So without further ado, let's go to Tannis. Tannis, it's so good to see you again. Greetings again. What a pleasure. <laughs> it is a pleasure. And, you know, let's just talk for a moment about this. Um, this age, we have ignored these cycles of ages because some other forces were able to kind of wedge themselves in and kind of hijack our, uh, our way of being and experiencing life over the last couple thousand years. And there's a lot there. I mean, it has to do with patriarchal cultures. It has to do with repression from a lot of the world's churches. It has to do with just pass down uh, trauma and belief systems and such that held us in this pattern way longer than we were to have been there. And I think people can feel the intensity right now, but they can also feel this light trying to peek through that is peeking through uh, this hope. I'm feeling these wonderful feelings that of hopefulness that I think we're going to be able to break finally out of that Aryan slash Piscean age. What is your take on that? Just tell us how you perceive what happened to us as as a species? Well, I, I have a feeling that most of us have been here for millennia. And so it's more than just the last 2000 years. It goes back, back, back through the, the, the accumulation of debris that we brought in from from when we were cavemen, from, from when we were first here. And there were, were people saying, I have to beat this person or kill this person because there's not enough food. Um, so our lower instincts took over. And gradually we've been instituting laws as we've been coming through this. Uh, this evolution that we see ourselves in. And, and in the Aryan age, which is the, the time of the Old Testament, if you like, um, we believed in a law for a law. And so it was a eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And that is what people subscribe to. Now, our justice system is still based on that. So our justice system is actually 4,000 years old still penalizing people. And only very recently did we take away um, criminal, you know, deaths for criminals and, and uh, hangings and electric chairs. And, and that is all left over from the Aryan age. And, and then- Thank you, Tannis, just to interrupt yeah. for one moment. Uh, the United States allowed that to go through in the last month. We have executed people, we're still, that barbaric. Uh, oh. We were allowed under our governance 
to put a few more people to death before this reign is over. Um, so no, it's not over yet. I mean, you would think it is, but it's actually not in the United States. Yeah, and it certainly isn't in many other countries. And then we moved into, or most of us moved into, the Piscean Age. And in the Piscean Age, it was based on Buddha, which is, uh, he was, two, he was uh, 500 years before Christ, Jesus the Christ. So he always spoke about loving everybody like your mother. Uh, hopefully we all love our mother. And, um, and, then, and then, of course, Jesus the Christ, and that was do unto others as you would have them do unto you, right? So it was all based on love. So we had 2,000 years based on law, 2,000 years based on love, but we Theoretically. Have, <laughs> yeah, theoretically, yes. And, and most people would subscribe to that now in theory, but because we've accumulated all this debris, all this old thought forms for millennia, even if we get it in theory, we have a hard time practicing it ourselves personally. Um, because we're held back by this accumulation uh, of, of old thought forms. So that is the problem. And, um, and now that we're going into the Aquarian age, and like you, oh yes, I see the glimmer of, of hope. I see the, the light at the end of the tunnel as well. Um, and rather than just saying, well, it's either a dark time or it's a light time. For me, I, I, I like to think of it as the both and. That we have both existing simultaneously. And we have to hold both of these things in our hands simultaneously. And people aren't used to doing that. No, they're not. This is very confusing right now for people because the polarization of these realities and feelings is so great now, people are having a really difficult time traversing between the two. And I've even said in a recent article I wrote, there's a time you have to decide where you are and you have to put your energy and faith toward that. And are you? is it a path of fear and survival? Is it a path of care where we all help one another? Um, because it is very difficult for people to embrace both. Let's talk about that in your own journey a bit. And if you're comfortable talking about it, let's talk about how you came about some of your understanding about the subconscious mind and some of the things we'll talk about a little later in our conversation today. It's a, a very large question. Um, what do we, how do, what path do we follow? What path do we follow? Let's just talk about that for a moment. Um, all of us have got three parts to us. We've got our unconscious or subconscious, and these are things we really don't even know we have. Then we have what we think of as our conscious, and that is basically our ego, our personality, and we think we're awake, we're in charge. No. And then we have our soul or our superconscious which is the higher self we all have. And it's the guidance that we are open to receive from universal consciousness, God, the creator, whatever you want to call it. 
And so what people often do when they are lost and foundering, they start looking at, um, can I talk to God? Can I talk to my soul? And bless them, they start doing personal growth, they start doing meditation, take yoga, read books, and, uh, and give themselves over to a religious path or a spiritual path. And, and this is a big help. But just getting that going and getting it working with the conscious isn't necessarily going to do anything with this old debris of millennia. So that is what I'm interested in. I am a psychotherapist uh, by training, and I am interested in helping people unpack these things that they're not even aware of, the old beliefs, the old prejudices, the, their old value systems, um, their old fears, and boy, the unconscious is full of fears. And the biggest fear is the fear of death. And that is what people are facing right now. They are facing their own mortality and the death of what their conscious life has wanted. And so this is a perfect time to start unpacking these un unconscious beliefs. Oh, Tannis, you're speaking my language. Uh, you're saying it so perfectly because here we are on the dawn of literally letting go of an old age that has not been particularly helpful except to maybe advance uh, technological understanding and knowledge. You know, that's, that's true. We have had advancements there. But in terms of our heart and our connection with self, our higher selves, for example, uh, the times we've been in have actually blunted that connection to a large extent. And so what you're talking about, about the subconscious mind, I personally, I'm a big fan of hypnotherapy and I used to take people through uh, regressions. I just happened to have that skill set and uh, regressed people. And it's absolutely fascinating to see what lurks beyond people's awareness of themselves. And every even tiny issue, you know, things, I was always amazed, even something like, I'll just digress for a moment here, something as simple, what seems as simple as uh, an addiction, like smoking, would have these incredible emotional basis to them where someone first started smoking as a, an, a matter of defiance to their spouse or their partner or something and got locked in on these emotional patterns that are underneath it. And when those emotional patterns were met, as you know, um, boom, then this quote addiction, what people think of as a physical addiction began releasing them. But wow, take that into other lifetimes, uh, thousands of years of these patterns we have so much to unpack. So let's talk about a moment here about how you came about the means by which you do this now, if you feel comfortable doing so. Okay, I'll share with you something that I've never shared publicly. Um, I've been here a long time and Canadians are very modest, so it's, it's quite difficult for us to step forward and claim anything for ourselves that we think might separate us from others. But I've been here from the beginning. I really remember being here from the beginning. And 
So I am a totally dedicated uh, server for humanity. I believe that that's my purpose, life after life. And where did I come from? I came from Sirius. What is my heritage? I am an L. And the L's are the same as the Elohim or the elders. And our skill set is that we are form builders. We build form. And the angelic realm are, are the essence. So L's or elementals, this is why elementals love me, because they see me as a friend, because they're form builders. And so the angelic realm infuse that form with love or healing or peace or whatever it is, but the form right. needs to be there. Mm -hmm. Okay? So I am interested in what kind of form have we all created? This is my natural interest. And um, may I show you a few pictures? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, we're talking about the unconscious and what most people look like, but they don't know it. Now, I've always seen and heard and felt how people feel. I can, I can actually uh, see their souls, listen to their souls. I don't use it as a medium, but I do have this gift. My, my gift to do that, I want to teach people how to develop themselves, which is Aquarian. That's what the Aquarian age all is all about. We're going to be in the astral world where we're telepathic, clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient. So we've got to clear away the debris. So I'm going to show a shocking picture. This is the way through these millennia that most people look. You can see their tiny little head here in light getting a little bit of inspiration from spirit but they've got this massive accumulation of debris around their aura, which they attract to themselves. They're, they're thought forms, not just of this lifetime, but all lifetimes. That's fascinating and that's exactly, I think you're right on. I don't know who rendered that in that picture, but I think it's absolutely right on. That hey, now out. I'm going wow. to show you, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to show you, um, I teach something called an etheric clearing technique to actually help people clear a large enough channel in their soul that they will be able to, in their, their channel from their soul, that they can actually burn away these old thought forms. And so this is the, the next one. This is the next picture. Um, when, when, okay, these are, the first picture is without any clearings. And then we get to a point, and so that's the millennia of debris. But then we get to a point where it's our own personal stuff. So it's not just 
the collective unconscious and the fears of the collective unconscious, what Jung talked about. Um, this is our own personal stuff. So this person's done a lot of work and now they're just into the old thought forms that are really persistent and hanging on to them. So we have to go through that as well. And then <laughs> hopefully we go to the point where we look like that. So that shows when our, when our subconscious is cleared, when our soul is talking to our conscious, we become a soul-infused personality. We've all got a unique personality um, and a unique gift, just like every snowflake is unique. And when we're clear, we can align ourselves to manifest that in the world. And that's what it, we're supposed to be doing. Indeed. And you and I were talking off camera a little bit about the notion of free will. And uh, I was, I'm going to be doing an, a live event on that in the next couple of weeks. And my husband and I were talking about it as well for exactly this reason. How can you have free will? when we're so bogged down by these unconscious patterns that are constantly driving our desires and our thoughts. And so I would like you to comment on that a little bit. Well, people feel they have free will because they're so in their ego, so in their personality, they actually are unconscious of the fact that they are programmed. And what's going on right now is that I believe in the world we're having mass hypnosis. Absolutely. We hear not just once a day, we hear every time we turn on the TV, every time we turn on the radio, every newspaper we read, and almost everybody we speak to, it's about how many people died today of COVID and how many people are now in the hospital and how all the doom and gloom and how terrible it is during this pandemic. So what happens is this, the thought form of death that we're all afraid of uh, because the ego fights to live. It's all an ego fear. So that this thought form gloms onto this and it grows the thought form so that people are living in fear right now. And either we live in fear or we live in love. And there's nothing being said about uh, life outside of COVID. And so that is my concern, the hypnosis, even though people think they have free will to decide if they inoculate or not, how many hundreds of billions of dollars have been put into finding inoculations uh, that people can take, as opposed to how much money has been spent on anthroposophical medicine, for example. Um, a, friend of, a friend of mine is a psychiatrist in, um, in Europe. I won't mention which country. And he is, uh, he is also a medical doctor and a neurologist. And he has been treating lots of people with COVID. 
And he says that he hasn't had one, he's not using inoculations, he's using anthroposophical medicine, homeopathic medicines, and he says he's not even had one person who had to be hospitalized. Absolutely. It's, we are so yeah. remiss as a species, but we know where it's coming from. There's a massive amount of profit to be made to get these vaccines out there, whether they're effective, whether they've been tested or not. We have, uh, there, there is a huge motivation for those who are able to move this into society for a profit and yeah. then essentially brainwash people through the news so that we are demanding it. Um, I think it's going to be one of those in very interesting periods of history to look back on once we see the effects of all this, as opposed, I'm guessing they're from Germany or Switzerland, <laughs> anthroposophical, <laughs> but I, anyway, I'm a, yeah, I'm it. actually Canadian, but I work a lot in Europe. I, I, right. I work every year in Europe. No, the, the, using anthroposophical medicine based on Rudolf Steiner's work and uh, homeopathic remedies and such is so much more whole, wholesome, and graceful a way for the body to keep its immune system in balance. And I'm very glad you shared that little tidbit with us because we do have other options and people are allowing themselves to succumb to fear. So please continue on that. Yeah, thank you. Well, he says that he's seeing people who have no will anymore. And I think that this is it. And my concern is, my concern isn't that people choose to have an inoculation. Not at all. I, I'm fine with people choosing to do things, but I don't think currently we are being given a fair range of options. I don't think that there are, is freedom of speech. I, I actually have been receiving lots of emails from people um, currently in Europe who are telling me that they are losing their jobs because they are refusing to inoculate. And so this is an insidious thing that happens. It is, it's just like Hitler's time. I know that that sounds very radical, but it is like Hitler's time. When, first of all, the Nazis won and then get the youth on board, you know, doing their, their military slogans and whatever. And then it was just that Jews and gypsies um, were, were not um, allowed to stay out at night, but they could still have their businesses. And then, then it was, well, now you can't have your businesses and now you have to go live in a ghetto. And then it became, well, now we're removing you from the ghetto and we're taking you away to a safe place where you're going to be alone. And then it was, we know where that went. So it's what happens is if people, really well-meaning, compassionate, loving people, see something happening when it's only this big and they say yes to it, then it's easier to say yes to the next step and yet yes to the next step. And then they feel they are committed to saying yes, even if they're starting to doubt it and the repercussions of saying no become greater. And then if you say no, then you too, even if you're not a gypsy or you're not Jewish, could you could lose your job. What you've said is 
profound and absolutely true. We're being led one step at a time down a, a, a path that's not necessarily of our free will or choosing. And I agree with you. Uh, anything that someone actually studies, evaluates, and chooses, genuinely chooses, I'm all for. But I'm not all for being manipulated in mass like what's happening right now. I hope you're enjoying this video because if you are, there are dozens more like it on my site, all supported by people like you. So if you'd like to keep this work rolling in and join our community, just click on the Patreon button at reginameredith.com. That also gives you access to insider commentary, my live book club, and other live events with special guests. So join in. Thanks. If, if you don't mind, let's go a little bit over to, all right, we have this problem. We're now being... We have mass mind control going on, and we have for a very long time. Now, let's talk about what you do when someone comes to you or you approach uh, someone through one of your workshops or retreats, for example, to start the, as you call it, unpacking or unwinding of this control of these thought forms over ourselves that we're not even aware of. Well, first of all, I seem to attract people who have been on the path for quite a long time. Uh, um, I, I don't know why, but that is who I, who I attract. Naturally. Are you one of those when all else fails people? <laughs> I am. I am. And I attract people with very strong egos and personalities, really independent cusses as well. And I love them, and I love their uniqueness, and I respect their uniqueness, and I respect free will. So, um, like you, I am interested in just let's have a free exchange of ideas, and then everybody make up their own mind. Um, what they want to do and what they want to believe. And so, um, so my, my work is actually to help people eliminate thought forms. Um, as a psychotherapist, that is what I've done. And I'm, I'm sure that I'm probably a little radical, um, <laughs> maybe a lot radical. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't hurt people physically, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but people often the ego will fight, 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 fight. It's a struggle to the death for the ego to lose control. Um, and, um, and so I'm, I am there representing and fighting for their soul, that their soul will gain strength. And to do that, the ego has to lose control. So it's showing them even the hypocrisy in their own lives. Some people go on and on about, oh, we have to, you know, respect social distance and we, we have to uh, mask and we, have, we can't kiss or hug unless, of course, it's not convenient for them. And then there they are, hugging and kissing, over Christmas or people they really love and care about um, and eating in public places or getting on planes. Um, and so I point out there's a discrepancy 
between what you're saying and what you're doing. So is it possible <laughs> that on some level you don't believe this? <laughs> I love it because we don't really, I don't think we really understand the nature of ego. It's used and bandied about in different traditions and different ways. But in the way in which you're using it, it's a collective of all the things we've become attached to by way of uh, our belief systems um, and all of what you call that baggage, you know, that baggage we've, we've adhered ourselves to. And so since we haven't reconciled it and we don't even know that it exists, it must be pretty interesting from a psychotherapy point of view. And also what you're doing now is almost sh shamanic in nature, it, you know, just in my own parlance, mm -hmm. in terms of helping people loose themselves from this baggage that they don't even know. And I, this might be a good time if you can to just kind of give an example of someone who comes in kind of typically with all these walking contradictions and this, this cloud around them that we saw earlier. Well, first of all, normally the people I see, their cloud isn't quite so thick. I have to say that it's only maybe halfway as thick as what we saw initially. So they're already, their soul is talking to them. What I believe we are, Regina, is a magnet. And I think that I magnetize people to me that I can benefit. And I'm magnetized to people like you as well. So what I'm seeing is that a lot of us right now have been these independent cusses and we've gone our own way and we think we have uh, worked on ourselves a lot and we're wondering why are we still fearful? Why do we still have these old emotions that we're not pleased about? feeling jealousy or lust or greed or whatever it is. And so we're not pleased with it. So we want to really get to the root of it. And these old thought forms are like weeds regrowing in our garden. So people could be praying, they could be doing affirmations, and, and they've done a heck of a lot of work and I think, yes, salute them, salute them. However, it keeps on coming back to the weeds unless you get at those subconscious weeds. And so people now are starting to form more communities and we're attracting like-minded people that are individual, have been following their own path. And in these communities, each of us has a gift, each of us has a skill, and we have to respect other people and know that none of us have the total answer. None of us know the total truth. But when we get together with communities and our International Institute for Transformation, we have a community, but and, and we talk about this in our course, in our online courses, we have a community, but it's not just to say, and our community is different. No, what it is, is just like each person is unique, each community is unique. And now what's happening, it's like every person strikes their own note 
when they're when they're pure and every community strikes their own note but i am interested in the grid around the earth right now and how all these different communities christians and buddhists and and uh, jews and hindus and new age groups and anthroposophists and first nations and elemental groups all have their own community working for the light and they're becoming stronger and stronger and we're now able to even be members of different communities if we cannot hold our own note and the only way we can do it is if we clear away our unconscious if we can't hold our own note then we're always looking for a leader and we're always um, thinking that someone will save us. But when we hold our own note, we can recognize others that hold their own note. And we can talk with them and still hold our own note. And that is happening now on the community group basis. So that it's starting to play a beautiful symphony. And I see that the energy from the universe is getting closer and closer and stronger and stronger and we're being downloaded with this magnificent amount of energy to break through this cloud of millennia right now so this is the time for spiritual transformation this is the and age of aquarius this is, this is it so like you i am an optimist about it really and and within this you look at it as again you we each have this little signature this unique signature we have our own spirit and let's talk about the notion because i know you get into this in your course of it about spirit is destiny what does that actually mean because so many people are saying gosh i i don't know what i'm here for people feel they don't know what they're destined to do so let's talk about destiny through your lens for a moment I think it is in our everyday life. It's not different than what we are. Um, I'm all about becoming our authentic self. And I feel that truth evolves as we evolve. So we, as we become clearer, then our truth evolves. And so we're works in progress. And yes. so be patient with ourselves, have a good sense of humor, totally forgive ourselves for anything we did yesterday or 10 years ago, and get on with it. With joy and optimism, get on with it. I totally agree. We're not here to punish ourselves. And no one is punishing us and looking at us in a judgmental way. We're simply here to learn and to grow and to continue refining ourselves. And so this really requires ultimately over time, if we could see ourselves into our own futures, um, into our futures collectively, as we move through and take advantage of this energy and use this energy that Aquarius is bringing us as, as a species that's much more in connection with those whisperings from our higher self and from the soul. And how do you begin facilitating this with people who are really wanting 
that clear and open connection and a real knowingness that it's it's there it's actually working for them what are a couple of the ways in which you you help people facilitate this relationship with their higher selves the first thing we always do is create an altar in a sacred space everyone does it in their own home and in their own way and whether they have christ or buddha or mohammed or um, white eagle on it, um, that is fine. So create something in the lineage that you feel supported. So let's not try to switch lineages right now. Stick with what do we feel our lineage is that is supporting us? Because that's energy. Can I bring and, something up here? Yeah. Okay. So for myself, for example, and I think there are probably others like me, um, my sacred space is a chair that looks out a window over these trees and it's nature and trees for me. Once I can look out into this view of these trees in this land, that's the spot where I start coming into coherence. So nature is part of that, right? <laughs> Beautiful. And I believe that too. And my altar faces the ocean at, because I'm right on the sea oh. coast. You're so lucky. <laughs> okay. And so are you. And yeah. so are you. Yes. So, and this is another thing. When we have our, we count our blessings. We're in celebration. And we thank whatever prayers we use. We thank the beings that are helping us. So before we start anything, we do that. And then we meditate. And it can be very simple, as you know, very simple to call on our soul to help us with the clearings we're going to do. Because how we don't want to do this from our ego. That's what got us into this problem in the first place. <laughs> so let's call on our soul to help us. And then when we've got that sacred space, we've got all the beings helping us, we've got our soul helping us, then we have the energy to start clearing away. And what we're doing is we actually clear at the cellular level. So it is clearing away rather than, I don't like the word reprogramming really, because it isn't taking one program and putting in another. It's more like uh, house cleaning, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which we all love um, <laughs> or not. But well, it's, it's necessary like whether we love it or not. Yeah. And then over, um, we have um, an online course coming up in a few weeks. And, and it's going on for three months, um, once a week for three months, which isn't a terrible com commute you know, commitment for people. But what we're doing is allowing people to look at a different thought form every day that they may be attached to. And gradually they can see the progress. And we also, when we do this, we start to get a space between our old behavior and just here's the trigger and we're off and we can become more of an observer so that people can say something and now we've got a little space to be objective and to decide how we want to react and when we get that 
That is our soul. During that time, we know our soul is the one who is objective, who can then make a decision. And we still may have our temptations, but we can, we then have free will to decide. That's lovely. It's very elegant. It's very direct. Um, it's easy um, in terms of just taking it one step at a time, one day at a time. I really like that. I haven't been through your course, but it sounds it sounds lovely. Um, when you when the, give us an idea of what happens on the other side of this, as, as people are well, even in the process, as people are struggling to let go of some of their very firmly held beliefs, which certainly we're in the midst of right now. I mean, in the United States, it's crazy. People have divided so greatly um, because of their their beliefs, their firmly held beliefs. So what's that look like as a person struggles through that? Do people sometimes quit, for example? Very seldom. Actually, people very seldom, and I, I have to say part of it is because until the pain gets so great, we don't change. And so I think people are in a lot of pain right now. Mental pain, emotional pain, not just physical pain. And so their commitment is greater, so they don't quit. The other thing is, I hope to say that I have a bit of a light touch. So that even though we're clearing things, um, we can do this with a sense of humor. And um, I really recommend that. It's you know, not, I think so. Yeah. You have that fairy-like yeah. energy. You're, you're intense in that your, your directive in your life through lifetimes is to be here to assist and help, but you have this very fairy-like energy. <laughs> it doesn't allow people to get too into themselves, you know? Yeah, that's it. We don't want to get narcissistic about this. We we want to, and we need to feel, hey, this is an organic process that my soul wants. And they get MP3s and a whole workbook of like 70 pages of exercises. So they get MP3s that they can use year after year. And people tell me that they have used my, because I've been teaching this for 20, 20 years, I started in the year 2000. And, um, and they tell me that they go back to the clearings again and again. Because even if we've cleared once, Regina, da da da, while we're alive, there are, we're still having experiences. We're still being triggered. We're still, we go up a level from maybe where we used to be triggered and we need to celebrate, hey, I've made progress. But that doesn't mean that it is all gone. And the triggers become more and more subtle. And so, yes, we need to still work on those thought forms that are still being triggered because we're working with the collective. While, the, while those thought forms are still in the collective unconscious of humanity, we're going to still be influenced by them. Indeed, and this is a time where we're really trying to raise ourselves together. Um, this is, like you said earlier, is becoming, it's becoming uh, 
necessary because we are becoming more communal by nature rather than those rugged individuals we've been for thousands of years. We are coming more into more collaboration, human collaboration in growing this new world together. So the more each one of us can become clear, the more beautiful that uh, that extension is into our mm -hmm. soul groups and our societies at large. I mean, I think it's beautiful. And I wanted to also, before we uh, wrap up, I wanted to talk about um, another interview we're going to be doing later. We did this one now because right now people are contemplating deeply. People are in a lot of pain. People are needing to help themselves. So I thought this would be a good time to talk to you about this. But uh, another book you wrote that's really fun and fascinating is about our hybrid nature. Uh, just tease us a little bit about, I've read that book. It's a, a lot of fun looking through and saying, oh, I think I'm a little of this and a little of that. And I, you see the kind of overarching way in which people from uh, these hybrid groups function in the world. So tell us a little bit about that book. Well, people feel, oh, I, um, we're all human. We may be black or red or yellow or white, but we're all human. And so we're all the same. No, not according to the hybrid book. <laughs> um, so I talk about 22 kind, different possible kinds of hybrids that are evolving on our planet. And um, some of them are star beings that have come here. So that would be the angels. So, and sometimes people think they are angels. That would be the elves, what, what I talked about earlier. Um, that would be Arcturians. Um, so these are star beings. Now, star beings can put down into more than one evolution when they come here. So star beings may feel, oh, I'm not quite sure. I'm a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Because a star being could have put down into a dolphin. And so they feel this connection with dolphin evolution, which is another evolving conscious being. They could have put down even into an elemental and to go and help elementals evolve and be, and be maybe a pan hybrid. So, um, so it depends what theirs are. There's dragons. There's many different so kinds. It is. It's fun because I think all of us are a little self-centered enough that we like to look and see what are, what's your type. Everyone's always intrigued with what's your type type of books and, and surveys and so forth. But this is a really unique what's your type. <laughs> and it, has a, it, ha, it does have implications for how we learn, how we grow, how we contribute on planet Earth. And it's a lot of fun. And you only got into the one type, the star beings. And there are many more. And we won't give it all away because I want to do an interview with, with you on that. So save, your, save your, your energy for when we actually do that. But it gives people, what you just said, gives people a little bit of a feeling for it. So that will be, next time we meet, we'll do that particular interview. But on this one, wow. in terms of what you're doing, what you're offering, trying to help people uh, clear the debris away from thousands and thousands of years of incarnating on earth and perhaps even from before an earth experience is a very worthy and much needed endeavor. I feel like we need to get clean. We really need to get clean on all levels. And, and it sounds to me like that is what you're trying to help people do at, as well as establish 
um, this relationship with your higher sense of truth, the higher self. So any final comments on that before we, before we go and also want to know um, the name of the URL to go to for anyone that wants to sign up for the course. It's um, spiritual transformation courses.com. Good. Yes, I actually just want to leave your your listeners with the the thought that there's nothing wrong really. There's nothing wrong really. There's no enemy. And this is a period of time when we hold the dark and the light together and we forgive everything that we and others have done that we are associating with the dark. And we celebrate and love everything that's happening in the light. So let go of this dark and build up the light in yourself. Be grateful for everyone who's in your life who's helping. Speak positively to others look positively at others and feel positively about others. So this is the best way that most of us can, can just go through our daily life. Couldn't agree more. Uh, nothing, a little grace, a little bit of charity, a little bit of care for ourselves and others right now will go a very long way toward building that beautiful Aquarian world that we're starting to build all together. So Tannis, I just want to thank you so much um, for taking the time to do this. We'll do the hybrid story, as I mentioned, a little later on, but any kind of final thoughts that you want to share with us uh, before we jump off on this one about what your, um, your course, what you're trying to do, um, and your larger thoughts on the world today? My larger thoughts, I'd like to start with that. It's that we, all of us, have every minute to change and not to feel, oh, if I change my opinion, um, you know, people are going to look down on me. They're going to frown on me. Um, and, and I won't be a part of that group anymore. We all have to find our own truth right now and just do it with compassion for yourself, compassion for others, forgiveness for yourself, forgiveness for others, and to realize there is no enemy anymore. And that it's within ourselves that we have been holding on to this idea of the enemy and the good guys. Old story, old story, let it go. We're all good guys. We're all good guys. That's a perfect way to end. We're all doing our best. Doesn't matter what it looks like from the outside. Each one of us is doing our best. And thank you again for everything, Tannis. You're just a little fairy and sparkle that has a very intensely serious mission behind yourself. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for having me again. All right. Again, everybody, it's Spiritual Transformation Courses. Dot com if you want to join up and kind of clean out the rest of that debris with Tamas. Until next time, thank you for joining us here on ReginaMeredith.com. <music>